What is it? Well, it's the news, according to me. Well, it is, it's still morning. It's Monday morning. It's uh, 10.04, 10.05, really, a.m., Eastern Standard Time. Monday, the December 4th, 2023. Happens to be my wife's, my, my wife's birthday is today. Which is one of the reasons I'm, I'm late getting this show started. Another reason is just I, I still, I'm not kicking this sinus thing. Last week I had, uh, I had a couple, I, I could have had a show on Thursday and Friday. I could have, I could have done it. Um, I was, but I was just incredibly, uh, kind of taken out of service from this. I just, I just couldn't, uh, t- talking was painful. Let's just put it that way. Just too many, too much coughing, too much hacking. In spite of the, I, I hate, I hate taking, I don't, no, I normally don't take pills at all. I don't, don't take any kind of medication at all. I, I take vitamins. That's about it. I try to stay away from any kind of medication, but I, I'm at the point now where I'm just ready to break down and take the real stuff. I, I, what is it, like Sudafed or whatever it is. I don't know. I got to take something because this is just, this is just ridiculous. It's just, it just keeps hanging on. And now this, this morning, of course, I have a little bit of a, a headache. I don't know what that's like a sinus headache. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. So I'm not sure what's going on. I decided to break down. I haven't, I haven't been drinking any chai. And I decided to break down and have some chai this morning. I just, I know creamy kind of stuff like this is not that good for colds. Supposedly. I don't, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe, I'll, maybe this is going to cure it. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I have a. Uh, yeah, I've got, oh, what do I got going on? I got, I got this, uh, well, it's my, my regular chai in my cup. And I've got, I've got vanilla, uh, what is it, vanilla, or, no, cinnamon creamer. So I got cinnamon creamer in there, which is, which is good. It's hard to, kind of hard to taste it. I don't, I haven't lost my sense of taste or smell, but, um, but you know, when you got a cold, it's just kind of, you just can't, you, just don't, can't, you can't really taste things the same. Things don't taste the same. It's not quite, you know, it's just dull. Ah, but it is good, and I but, but I know it's probably not good for my throat. Now my voice was shot. I, I I had coughed so much I could hardly talk last week. It was it was painful to listen to me. I never really had a sore throat. It was just the coughing from I guess I guess it's just the sinus thing part of that whole thing as it's drained the whole drainage and all that stuff. It's all that's all yummy stuff to talk about in the morning. Hopefully you're not eating. I do have a backup cup this morning. I almost, I almost didn't have a backup cup, but I decided to do one. Backup cup is good. It's, uh, it is uh, V8 Fusion. Now, V8 Fusion is not what it used to be. I, um, I think you can still buy V8 Fusion in a can. But apparently, um, V8, this, this is not V8 Splash. This is, this is just V8 Drink, I guess, just 100% juice. You can still find it occasionally. It is really hard to find in stores, by the way. Um, you can order it online, but then it's, it's, really, it's priced like 25 bucks a, a bottle. It's ridiculously priced. It, it's, it's like four bucks in the store. Or three or four bucks. I don't know what it is. But the... Uh, it's, it's crazy. The, the, the V8 Splash... Do, don't drink V8 Splash. Don't, don't feed it to your kids. It, uh, no, just don't. 
they're trying to compete with Juicy Juice or something. I don't know what they're trying to compete with. It's only like 10, 10 or 15% ju- real, real juice, like real fruits and vegetables. And the rest of it's all sugar water, I, I, I assume. Uh, the V8 Fusion stuff is actual, actually, you know, vegetables and it's uh, fruits and vegetables. And it's, I, I've got, I like the peach mango. That's what I like. It's always going to be kind of my favorite. Now, if you take that and you, you, you uh, do like a half and half with apple cider, oh, man, it is, that, that's really good stuff. You can also do it with, uh, oh, so I just, I, sometimes I'll put it in my tea. Sweet tea, and then put in some V8 fusion. It's, it's that's pretty good stuff. I probably should be drinking regular tea, like hot, like a black tea or something, like green tea. But I probably should really be drinking green tea with. Uh, I've heard this. I talked this, uh, or didn't talk to. I, I've listened to this one doctor, herbalist guy. I don't know if he's a doctor or not. Which doctor, probably? Which doctor are you? Yes, uh, he he said. Uh, he said that the that, that there's a, there's a, an herb. It's actually technically an herb. I guess it's considered a spice, but it's actually an herb. It's called thyme. It's 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 thyme. I guess they call it thyme, but it's, it's spelled with T H Y M E. Most people have seen it. They just don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know, I don't know what, whether it's thyme or thyme or thyme. 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 Anyway, it's it's um supposedly it's a it's a decongestant. It's like it's like very good for your. It's not like a. Uh, a mentholated kind of decongestant. It doesn't open up your sinuses as you as you eat it. It's it's actually more of a uh, works from the inside out kind of thing. It it gets rid of mucus, which is a fun topic. Why am I talking about this stuff? I don't know. Anyway, it is Monday morning, and uh, you know it's Monday morning mucus. It's, it's mucus Monday. That's that's what it is. It's mucus Monday. That's uh, it's a new new segment we've got here now. It's a new it's a new uh, addition to what we're doing here in the show. It's a, Everybody loves it. We have, um, I have a couple, just, I really just have one main thing I'm going to talk about on the show today, and it's, it's not mucus. Um, I have uh, this, this other thing I want to talk about. This, Elon Musk, for those of you who, who don't know, it's interesting too. I, I guess there are people who listen to my show who really don't listen to any news at all. And the, the purpose of this podcast really is to be, is to talk about what, what's going on in the news. And it's, it's, it's kind of the news according to me. In other words, that what's, what's, what they're report, reporting in the news and what, what's going on with the news. Now, if you remember uh, Cuomo, is it Chris Cuomo? He used to be on, uh, was it CNN or MSNBC? I can't remember. They're both the same. And he, he was on there back to back with uh, the other weirdo creep. And they, um, he he was just an anti-Trump guy all all the way, constantly talking about Trump, constantly just in in his head, just anti-Trump, anti-Trump, anti-Trump. Apparently, has come out on his. He's on another another cha- another network now, so to speak. And apparently, he has come out. He's been interviewed by somebody. It might have been might have been uh, actually Paul but David. I think I, I maybe. I don't know PBD. I don't I don't know if it's it somebody. And. Um, you know, the, the purpose of this podcast, I was getting, getting to this, uh, the purpose of this podcast was kind of to talk about those kinds of things, what's going on with the news, what, what, are, they, what are they saying, uh, what, you know, kind of fact-checking things to some, to, some, to some degree, not really that so much, just as much as talking about the, the misinformation, the disinformation, actually disinformation that we get most of the time. If you've ever heard of something called Operation Mockingbird, um, 
Mark Dice had a pretty good segment on that this morning. He's he's done an extensive, you know, deep search into the into the whole Operation Mockingbird thing. And and to some degree, you can you can go, you know, there there is this, uh, you know, you've heard of spies, and then you've heard of uh, counter, you know, counterintelligence, where you you plant things, you know, in in you you feed information to spies that you know are spies. So you, like a double agent kind of thing, somebody who's who's you think is hired for your you're a secret agent and you're you're a spy. But then you, what you find out is that this person is actually working for the other side, acting like a spy inside your organization. And of course, they, you know, you can go many levels down on that. And I, I think that, there, that this happens within the intelligence agencies. They, they do have spies working for them that they know full well are spies for the other side. So they'll feed them, they, they use that as an asset. They'll feed them disinformation to get back to the other side. It's a, it's a constant game of cat and mouse. And I, I have no doubt. Well, I wonder if I'm still recording here. I have, I have this, my, well, my, my computer's acting a little, little dicey this morning. Um, hopefully it continues to record. If it stops, I'll have to go back on some of this and try to figure it out. It seems to be working mighty, mighty hard behind the scenes here right now. So I'm not sure what's, what all's happening. I guess trying to do a bunch of updates in the background. Uh, not updates, but uh, just catching up with my hard drives, my online iCloud account or something. So uh, either that or it's the deep state uh, is messing around behind the scenes. So I, I have a, uh, you know, Chris, Chris Cuomo was, was being interviewed and he was, he was saying how with the current, he wouldn't rule out voting for Trump right now with the current uh, choice. Seeing that that you know Joe Biden is not really much of a choice. Now, I'm hearing a lot right now. Um, the the numbers, and usually the polls are way behind on this. They're usually at least two to three weeks behind, sometimes a month, on real sentiment from voters. In my opinion, right now, the current climate among the minority communities, even among um, those who are uh, immigrating in illegally, the migrants, as they call them, even they uh, are recognizing that Trump you know, is the way to, is is actually a better option now. There are a lot of leaders in the in the black community or the African American community, and the, who who are coming out in fairly strong support. They're 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 tired of this economy. Now, I'm not an economist. Of course, I'm not a doctor or a lawyer. Not a no, I'm not a machinist. Well, a hobby machinist maybe. I'm not a uh, epidemiologist. I do have a sinus infection, though, so it qualifies me as something, I guess. No, I don't, I'm not a Scientologist, Scienceologist, Sinusologist. Yeah, there we go. I'm not a Scientologist either, for that matter. It's kind of a creepy cult. I have um. Well, we should do a we should do a, 
a podcast just on Scientology sometime. Just could dive deep into that whole crazy, wacky thing. We have, um, and of course, then there's the, well, okay, I'll get off on this cult stuff. So the, the um, an interesting thing is that there, there's this swaying of, and I was, I was kind of shocked by a po- recent poll I saw about uh, people spending this year for Christmas. And I was, I was, I literally, I was quite taken back by this when I started, when I saw it, I thought, oh, that's a pretty high, high amount. But then I started thinking about this. This is, this is actually ridiculously high. Over 70% of people polled said they're going to spend less this year for Christmas than they spent last year. Now, 70, over 70%, you know, I, I was, this would be normal, or, or I would kind of consider this a little bit more normal if it was maybe 50% of the people. Or 30% of the people. But being over 50% and even up, you know, upwards of 60% is okay. This must be in a downturn. So over 70% seems like it's an extremely high number to me. Only about 20% said they were going to spend about the same and of course, there was like it's in the single digits for whatever's left there. We're going to spend more. Now, this is you can spend the same and not get as much this year. The rate of inflation is ridiculous. But now that that just kind of shocked me, actually. I mean, when you stop and think about that, that's going to come out in economic numbers very quickly. It's, Christmas is a major holiday. It's a major sales push. For most most companies, struggle to get through the rest of the year for the Christmas and holiday season. Holiday season is when they make their big bucks. They move all their product, and it's. I'm not, I'm not advocating that. I'm not. I'm not happy about that fact that it's so commercialized. But it's. It, but that's that is the reality of of economics in most retail markets. Storefront type style retail market, even and even on online marketing. Hence all the competition with the discounts this time of year and all the emails you're going to get. Seems like my emails have doubled. Special. So we have um, all this stuff going on. Well, it, 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 it that that number kind of shocked me. So the economy, and, and the, it's the economy stupid. It's the whole thing of, was it Carvel? Carvel, who got Bill Clinton elected. Speaking of Bill Clinton, every time I think of that guy, I just, I'm amazed at how, here's a guy who was whoring around with all kinds of women, cheating on his wife for years, doing all kinds of, Ridiculous things, just a just a. Oh, the names that come to mind that I I can't even say that I won't I refuse to say, um, out loud. And yet, Donald Trump is supposedly the pig here. I, I De Niro, I'm sorry, Robert De Niro. Uh, I. I I have I totally lost respect for that guy when he came out and just you know when he came out against Trump just it's it's just it's a cheap shot it's a cheap way of gaining popularity when you can 
when, when someone's unpopular and you pile on, you want to, you want to join the, there, there's the, there's the anti-Trump train, I call it, the ATT, that people like to jump on. Speaking of people jumping on that, I'm, I'm going on all kinds of side notes this morning. Must be, must be my, I don't know what it is. Must be the chai. Jesse Smollett, or as some of the people in news call him, Juicy Smollett, he, he apparently is going to jail now. I think, I think he served like six days so far, which brings up a whole can of worms with this guy. This guy, you know, he, he still to this day says, he, well, now, now he's become a martyr for the black, you know, the black, you know, imprisonment movement, whatever, to, you know, oh, it's another black man being prosecuted, going to jail. Nope, nobody, you schemed up this whole thing. There was a fraud you tried to perpetrate on the American people, on the entire nation, to get attention to your, for yourself, to forever change yourself. I, this interview, I, I heard this interview with him again this morning. Somebody replayed it. Apparently, the, uh, the, the, all his appeals are now done, and he's going to go to jail for like three months or whatever it is, 90 days, 120 days, whatever it is. They've decided, you know, it's it. All the, the the money and expense and everything that Chicago went through with, you know, the whole the whole event, the whole thing, with the investigations and everything that happened there, and then come to find out it was fraud. And this brings me up brings up a, another thought about this whole this kind of thing. You know, Jesse Smollett was trying to jump onto the to the anti-Trump. Racism, you know, all in one kind of ball there, doing the whole thing. He was, he was really trying to, um, to play on that whole wave of things. He was trying to get more popularity, you know, by going out at two in the morning, freezing one of the coldest nights in Chicago ever, going to supposedly just going to Subway to get a sandwich, because you know you don't. You know, he can't afford to order food to be delivered to his hotel. I, I, I've, I've stayed in that hotel, by the way, that same, same hotel he was staying in, right? That, that whole area right in there. I've, I'm very familiar with this, not too far from the airport. And he, uh, he apparently, you know, goes out in the middle of the night like that, and, and there's, there's these, apparently these, these thugs, these Trump supporters wearing red hats, didn't say, they didn't say Trump on them. They just, they're just red hats. Who just happened to have some rope and some bleach with them, both wearing their red hats, caught this guy, caught Jesse, and they uh, were screaming, it's MAGA country. You know, if, if this kind of thing actually happened, you wouldn't have to make it up, to, you, you know. But this isn't the way Trump supporters are typically. They, they don't act like this. So you have to play on – they were they was trying to play on the whole straw man that the left always likes to portray. It's the way, it's the way they do it. So, so he ends up um, you know, getting caught in this whole thing. Well, in my opinion, people who are caught – setting up other people or committing fraud like this. It's like, let's, you know, let's say someone falsely accuses you of something and they're, 
end up you end up going, going to court, going to you know potentially you can be you're, you're facing jail time or whatever it is. If if we c- come to find out that person was set up, or the person who, the, the witness was lying, or was an attempt to railroad that person to jail by falsely accusing them, I think they should face the same punishment that they would have that the other person would have gotten for doing the crime. That's how, that's how I think that should work. You know, accuse someone of whatever. Take them to court, do the whole thing, and then turn around, find out that, oh, it, you're, it was false. You were setting them up. Yeah, you should go to prison now for that. That would solve a lot of those problems. That would, that would uh, I think that would take care of a lot of it. Instead of getting a slap on the wrist and probation or whatever they get, I don't know. Some of them get anything. So, so anyway, the, the main thing I wanted, really want to talk about today, now that the show's half over, is this whole Elon Musk thing. Um, I've, been a, I've been a business owner before. I, I've, and I've been on the end of, you know, one of the things you want to do with a business is you want to get your – there's, there's different types of advertising. There's, and there's different types of marketing. One of the principles is how you spend your marketing dollars. You need to find an audience. You need to, you know, you do a lot of research. You do a lot of, and you do test marketing. You do all these things. But there's, there's, there's the direct approach where you are directly trying to sell something. And then there's, there's, there's the, what's called passive marketing. I call it, that's what I've learned the term. I, I, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not an expert on anything. I didn't go to college for this. I'm just, you know, I've started several businesses and I just know how, what I call it. Passive marketing, which is is more uh, things like name recognition, product placement, those kinds of things where, you know, maybe name recognition is just something where you just put your name out there. It's just, you know, you just, maybe you put your name on t-shirts, that kind of thing. You know, people won't directly buy some, a product or your service based on that t-shirt necessarily or that billboard maybe. But they just see the name, and it's it's okay. That's they recognize that name. Politicians do this all the time. They get their name out there all the time. They get just get their picture and their name out there, and then when people see the name on the ballot, they just oh, that's, I know that I've, I've seen that name. That's I'll just vote for them. It actually, actually works. And and product placement is more of a you know you put your products in. Let's, let's say there's a movie, and you're you know you you have certain kinds of furniture or whatever you have. And in this movie, they have the they have furniture and you put your furniture in the movie and it's, it becomes part of the, you know, the Coca-Cola and, and Pepsi. Do, they, they, a lot of soft drink companies do this all the time. They'll have, you know, a can of Coke sitting there or somebody drinking a Coke in, in a movie. Um, this, this really started, I think it was, uh, well, it, it, it really started with soap operas. Uh, they were selling soap these little dramas that they would have in the afternoon. But it, it, it became, uh, in a lot of movies, a lot of, a lot of television and movies, they had a lot of product placement and people would, would use certain things in the movie. And, and believe it or not, cigarettes were actually one of the, one of the first major contributors or advertisers in, this, in that market, in that type of marketing. You know, somebody would pull out a pack of Marlboros or whatever and they'd start smoking. It's, 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 and that's, that was a big deal. This is probably back in the 50s, 60s. And yeah, probably even in the 70s, for that matter. Um, 
But that, that's that's a one form of advertising. Now, uh, in this you know current cancel culture thing that we have going on, where everybody wants to, oh, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to boycott them. It doesn't work that way for advertisers. Okay. I, now, if if the local newspaper, if I had a little business once, uh, probably uh, it was probably thirty years ago. No, it's more than that. Thirty-five years ago, I started this. I started off with this with this aircraft cleaning company, and what I would do is I had this little pickup truck, and I had a flatbed on it. I I mount I uh, rigged it all up so that I could have a a fifty gallon water tank on the back. I had a generator that could run my my vacuum sweeper and my power washer, that kind of thing. And I also had a gas-powered power washer as well. I also had a, like, like a Briggs & Stratton-style power washer, which ran, ran, that ran fine. It worked, worked great. Um, and I could, so I could use that as well. So I could, I could power wash things. I could you know, use my vacuum sweeper, all my stuff with my generator. And I had plenty of water. I could, do, I could usually do two uh, – I, I could do a whole airplane um, – with that 50 gallons, sometimes two airplanes, depending on how, how bad they were. But I, I do small airplanes, and, it, and most airplanes sit in hangars where there's no running water. Typically, they don't, they don't have running water. Uh, a lot of them don't even have power in the hangars. Sometimes, sometimes they do, but some of them don't. I could literally pull up on the ramp with an airplane sitting out on the, on the ramp, uh, just tied down out there, and do the entire, could do an entire wash and wax right there on the, on the, on the airplane. And it was it was a good market. Now there wasn't wasn't as many. There's not you know that that market's thin. It's not as not as big as you might think. Um, in some in our at least in our area, um, and we had you know a couple different airports here um, within driving range of. That. So I would advertise, and I found you know this is back before the internet was uh, a thing. And so I ordered from the FAA. I ordered, ordered uh, on Microfitch. I ordered a. I had a computer. It was one of those old computers you had to boot up with a three and a half inch floppy, and so I, it did because it didn't have a hard drive in it. So I had to, I had to uh, boot this thing up, and I got this Microfitch, and uh, I would go through all of the owners of aircraft in my area, and I would I would get their names and addresses, and I would send out letters for you know advertising. My it was direct marketing. It was just directly sending. Uh, letters to, and I, I put all this stuff on, I literally took it off the, off the microfiche and hand typed them all into my mailing lists on my, on my computer. And then I would print out labels and send out these direct mailers. Now, to do that, of course it costs money. I mean, it, it cost me you know, postage and all this other stuff. It cost me, I think, uh, uh, what was it? It cost me $120, I think, for the for the uh, listing, and it was and it was every aircraft in the United States on this microfish stuff I had. Um, and so, so but now I only done it, I looked, just looked at my region, so I, I, would, I would pull up the one with and they had them divided out by I think I think you get them different ways, but I, mine mine was divided out by counties I think I believe so I had it. It might have been by state or zip code that's something. Anyway, so I had I had this all. It was a system that worked pretty well. Now, getting into this, I knew exactly how much I had spent on advertising. I knew how much a, a rollout of a campaign would cost. I knew how much postage, if I'd send out, 
you know, 400 letters. I knew, you know, back then I think stamps were 13 cents a piece or whatever they were back in the 80s. Early 90s, late 80s. And I would, um, I would send out a certain number of, of flyers and I knew what that cost was. And then I would wait for the return to see how many people responded to that within a 90-day period. And usually there was a peak kind of, there's a formulation, of, a formula of knowing how, you know, what, what your peak was probably going to be after, after so many weeks after a direct marketing campaign. I think it was after three weeks, you'd know that that's probably when you're going to peak out and then it's going to dwindle down from there. You've got to probably get, you know, fewer and fewer responses from that ad as time goes on. It builds as time goes in. So it's, it's, it's kind of a marketing science. Uh, this Gary, guy named Gary Cochran uh, back then had a direct marketing course that you could buy online. Or actually, not actually buy, he buy actually television. It was an infomercial thing he put out. I bought his entire course, and it was absolutely fantastic. It was all the nuts and bolts, bare, bare bones nuts and bolts you need to know about marketing. And it was, it, it was perfect. I mean, the, for, the formulas were, were excellent. Everything worked. I, I used that in several businesses that I started back then. And it, and it always worked. Now, I had I'd also had this, this deal where I would put out flyers. Um, now, this, the, my business changed because I realized there's a bigger market out there than just airplanes. And part of the, the bigger market was cleaning cars, having a mobile car cleaning service. And I could literally pull into someone's workplace out in their parking lot wash and wax their car without them having to go to the car wash, hand wash, hand wax. We're talking paste wax. You know, putting, applying the wax by hand and buffing it out by hand, not power buffing it, which is not a problem, but it's, it, it has more potential to damage your, your paint. Well, especially back then, back when clear coats were first starting to come out, there was real issues with them. And so I would, I would do this. Uh, it was a lot of work. I, I could do three cars in a day if I had them back, you know, uh, within certain driving range of each other. So I would put out uh, flyers in the local newspaper. And this is back when the local newspaper was a big, big deal. I would put out these little inserts, eight, eight and a half by 11, just a regular sheet of paper. I would print them on a, I, I bought a mimeograph, an old mimeograph machine from a, a local auction. You know, remember the old mini mimeographs? Well, they were going out of style because, you know, copiers were coming into style. But so I bought, I bought this thing for like 10 bucks. Had all the, you know, all the stuff I needed for it. All the, you know, junk I needed for all the ink and everything. Burners and all that stuff. I could burn my templates. I could do the whole thing. And then I would, I would uh, print these out by the hundreds, thousands and I would insert them into the newspaper. And I, I could put in different regions. So I would put in the north side of town first. And I'd put that in, wait for the responses. I'd, I'd set up my, you know, set up my uh, appointments. And I would put out the, you know, the east side of town. And I'd put out the west side of town, the south side of town, you know, this, whatever it was. Put out different regions. Each, each month I would put out a different region. And, then it, it, and it kind of built on its own. And after a while you start getting repeat customers. And um, that, that way I wasn't driving all over. You know, I didn't put out every place all at once because I, didn't have, I only had one truck. It was just me. And my nephew would help me occasionally. Now, I, I had plans on really exploding the business and expanding the business and at some point selling it as a, as a franchise. However, I got 
duped into buying into a certain type of advertising. And I, I knew that if I spent $1,000 in advertising, I would make X amount of money. It was, it was a formula. Actually, if I spent $100, I, I would usually figure it out $100 because it didn't cost that much to insert these things. It cost, me, it cost me a little bit for the paper and that kind of thing. But if I spent $100 with a local newspaper and did these inserts, I'd just drop them off over there and they would insert them for me. And I knew if I spent 100 bucks, it would make me X amount of dollars back. It was usually you know, many times more than $100. So I was duped into this idea of, of going, switching my advertising campaign, going to a different type of advertising, reaching a lot more people. And I was told by this person that my response rate would be much higher or just, or just as good, if not more, than what I was getting with the newspaper. So I was, boy, I was like, oh man, I better, before I pull the trigger on this, it was about a $2,800 investment. Back then, that was a sizable amount, especially for a small, fledgling little business. And I'd, you know, I only paid $1,000 for my truck. So I had, um, I said, well, I'm going to go big. I'm going to go big now on this. And I, so I started talking about buying a fleet of trucks. I was going to buy five trucks, just used ones, you know, good, good used service trucks, and convert them all over and, and start getting ready to go, to go big with this whole thing. Pulled the trigger. Did the advertising. I literally got one phone call. One phone call. And it wasn't even a customer. It was just somebody who had some questions about it. I did get one other phone call, but it was someone who wanted me, they just heard my name and they were out shopping for it. They, they wanted people to invest in their, it was some kind of an investment firm type thing. They, they thought I'd be interested in putting my money in their investments. I'm like, I don't, I don't have any money now. All my advertising budget is gone. You know, I, I'd worked hard to build up this, I was trying to build up my advertising budget and I was going... You know, I, I started off, I literally started off, I think, with the first time I did it, it was 100 bucks, And then, I, you know, got to the point where I had, you know, I, I would always put a percentage aside for, you know, of what, of what I made for the next advertising campaign. So I, didn't, I would kept increasing it. And I ended up getting to the point where I had this, I think it was 23 or $2,800, one, one of the two. Kind of took all of my advertising budget plus a little bit more and dumped the whole thing in it. Just kind of put went all in on this this whole thing. Should should never have done it that way, but it was kind of the intra level package that they had. It completely destroyed the business. I mean, I, I I never recovered after that with that with that particular business. I could have I could have kept going, but by that point you're very frustrated. It was and I was I was often doing some other things and other things were going well. So I kind of dropped that whole thing. It's probably still a good viable business. In fact, I've seen people doing it now. It's, uh, there's people out there doing it. It's not a bad business. I do have some other side ideas that pertain to that same kind of thing um, that I think uh, would go really well. I'm looking for someone who has the energy to put into it. Actually, it's not really – it's it's – wouldn't require as much manpower. It's, it's much easier to, uh, it's kind of a self-running business, but 
In fact, I got a buddy of mine that might might be able to help me with that. He has more technical understanding of what I'm trying to do with it. But it's one of those little side businesses that I'll probably do when I after I retire. You know, when I kind of get into my 70s, I'll probably uh, start investing in some things like that. And so it's a it's a uh, one of those. Uh, time and true kind of things. It's always, always going to be around. Not a fad. So anyway, I have, um, speaking of advertising, so, so this getting back to this whole thing with, with, uh, Elon Musk, if for those of you who haven't heard about it, he was being interviewed. This was some kind of a big, huge, it was some kind of a major forum. I guess there was major, like big shots in the, in the, in the audience. Uh, I believe that Bob, what's his name? Whatever. I don't know what his last name is. President of uh, Disney. Let's see if I can find it here real quick because it is kind of important to the story. President of Disney. Let's see if I can find this here. Yeah, President of Disney. Here we go. Um, it's Bob somebody. and Because Alon actually very uh, – most people didn't catch it when he, when he did this. But he – yeah, Robert – uh, Igler, yeah, Igler, Igler, Igler. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Robert A. Igler, Bob, is his name. Head of Disney, uh, president of Disney. He, um, of course, he has come out. He's trying to be very politically correct, and you know, he's one of the woke crowd out there trying to do things. He came, you know, he came out against DeSantis down in Florida. They were in a big, big battle for a while. Um, most of their the Disney. Uh, product that has gone out with their most of their uh, shows and their movies a lot of the remakes of stuff are, are woke you know they'll, they'll have you know cinderella's now she's black um you know just, just different things like that just they're rewriting history rewriting everything you know and it's got to be you know politically correct and racially you know Whatever. So, so, so we have this, uh, this kind of thing going on. And I, and I guess there's been some, some issue between, between uh, Elon and Bob for, for a while. Well, um, because he, he wasn't a part of the conversation and he just brought his name up. He said, he, he, Elon, you know, in the middle of this, making this comment, he's, he, he goes, hi, Bob. I know you're out there somewhere. You're probably, or he said, you're probably out there somewhere. See, Alon doesn't really care. He's got things going on that are way bigger than than most people understand. Um, and he's got you know the amount of money that's going through his coffers is it's just you know, he's playing in billions. He's not playing in in millions anymore. Um, this guy asked him this question because I, I guess I guess Elon said something that was misunderstood about he was he was being accused of being anti-Semitic. Now, of course. That's kind of in vogue right now in, among some circles. But he, 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 he made this comment about something about being something about Israel or something about whatever it was. And it was, it was taken real, very wrong. And he actually regretted saying it. He, did, he didn't really apologize for it, but he, he, he was just, you could tell I, I did, he didn't word it properly. He didn't, he didn't, didn't think it through in the, in the comments that he made. It's kind of, kind of where it came from. Because he's not anti Semitic, he's not racist. He's, it's just. It's one of those things where it's like it's just accusing somebody of something. This guy was the darling child of the left for so long because he was making electric cars and all this stuff he was doing. And then when he came out and bought Twitter because he wanted to, 
allow more free speech. Well, then, because the radicals on the left, they don't, they don't like the, they literally came out and said this in Congress, AOC and some others. Well, yeah, we don't like the way things are being, uh, and, and, uh, and censored in, on social media. We think there should be more of it. Because, you know, legal speech, you have the right to legal speech, but you don't have the right to illegal, illegal speech. So in other words, anything we don't agree with. So they were, they actually came out where, like, where they, they actually wanted to see more of it. He came back to allow some people onto the, to the uh, platform because he just thought it was ridiculous what was going on. The censorship was ridiculous. It's one thing for, the com- for a company to censor people who are trying to have a voice. It's very different from the other side around. The reason I told this whole story about the marketing thing is I, as a business, needed to advertise. I needed a platform to advertise my services on. They, you know, the newspaper needed my funds. They needed my money in order to, for, to advertise so that I could promote my business and make more money and do more advertising. It was a symbiotic relationship. I benefited from them. They benefited from me. Now, of course, they had underlying goals of being able to put out their news and do other things and, and have articles and all the other things, get readership up. But that in, in the same stretch, they had goals of, of increasing readership, making interesting articles so that they could increase circulation thereby being able to sell more advertising because it's the advertising that made the money. That's where the money flow was. But if they didn't have good circulation, advertisers wouldn't, wouldn't go there because, well, you, well, you only serve 1,500 people. We're not going to advertise there. That's not enough. We can't reach enough people there. Oh, you, you, see, you, you hit 15,000 people. You have 15,000 subscribers. Yeah, I'll, that's, that's good enough market. I'll go ahead and put it out there. Of course, the price and the price has to be right for the per, you know per capita, and you have to be able to have a certain response rate and that kind of thing in order to make it prof- profitable. So you do test marketing, you try it out, you see how it's how it works, and then you, then you develop a formula out of that. It's it's just it's very simple stuff, but it's just it just takes time to work th- work through it all. Well, I guess uh, apparently, um, who was it? Was it Microsoft and a couple other companies? Basically, said they're not going to advertise on Twitter anymore because of Elon's statements. Uh, sorry, I, he'll find other advertisers. It's, you see, the, the, the thing about this platform is saying, well, I'm not going to advertise with you on your platform anymore. They feel like they're pulling their sponsorship of Twitter, of X. You're only hurting yourself. Now, of course, Elon was basically saying, well, if you want to kill the company, that's, that's on you. You know, see, see how planet Earth responds to that, basically. If you want to try to kill the company, you know, try to kill the, the platform. I, I don't know how much response, you know, if Microsoft advertises on Twitter, I don't know what the response rate is. I don't know how, how much of it is product, product recognition. I don't know how much of it is actual sales. I, don't, I have no idea. But they, they must find some benefit in advertising. Here's the thing. They're getting a benefit by advertising on Twitter. They're not just sponsoring Twitter because they like Twitter. 
they need Twitter as much as Twitter needs them. Obviously, they don't need Twitter that much because they can just pull their advertising out of there. This this isn't the same kind of thing as Bud Light, what was going on with Bud Light. They're trying to push an agenda, and all of a sudden people stop buying their product. And what you might find is that if they start pulling their advertising, they might say, okay, so that's the way Microsoft wants to be, and I'm not going to do business with Microsoft. They might find it actually hurts them more by pulling their advertising and, and making, trying to make a statement. Why don't you just sell your freaking product? Just, just sell computers, sell your software. Stop getting involved in all the political woke stuff. The, the politics of the day. Stop, just stop it. I, get, I, that's, I, think that's, I think that's more distasteful for most people when companies get too involved in the political shenanigans, the parading around of their little righteous, oh, we're involved in it, whatever. Name your thing of the day. It's just, when they start getting involved in that kind of stuff, it's like, why don't you just sell widgets? Let's just do that. Why get involved in all the stuff? I see this happens in the airline industry a lot. I see this a lot. In the, it, they're really involved in whatever, pride, whatever, whatever it is. Environmentally, whatever stuff. You know what? Just you, you have a service where you fly airplanes. You fly seats around, okay? And you sell those seats. That's what you do. Just do that and do it well. And you'll be profitable. You don't, you don't have to make a statement. You don't have to get involved in all the politics of everything. It doesn't have to throw, throw it and you know, push it in front of everybody's face all the time. Just, just do your job. Do what you, you know, do what the service your people are paying you for and be done with it. Why can't they just do that? Why do, why do they have to be involved in all the what-isms, what-if-isms, what-about-isms? I, I don't understand that. I think I think Elon recognizes that fundamentally so so well. He doesn't even he didn't even bring that up. He's just he's like, well, they want to advertise. That's their that's their problem. It's a great platform to advertise on. That's 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 what probably Trump probably would have said. Well, you know, they're they're missing on a great opportunity to advertise their products and services on a great platform. That's that's, you know, that's how you, how he would have seen it. Well. So I'm sorry to say you're leaving, you know, leaving Twitter where you where you're probably selling lots of product on on Twitter and now you're going to leave it so you're not going to be selling as much product now on Twitter. <laughs> it's it's kind of one of those weird things. It's like, well, we're going to pull our average. What? That the money that you're not just pouring money into something that's not making you any money. I guarantee you they're not spending money on advertising on Twitter and X just because they like Twitter and X. It's just stupid. And I think Elon recognizes that fundamentally so to, the point, to the point where he's just like, go screw yourself. That's basically what he said. So there you go. That's my, that's my take on it. Um, I just don't, I don't get how... You know, the cancel culture has become almost a thing in itself. Protesting, cancel culture, uh, the whole, you know, the whole protest movement, be part of the socially 
aware and active and social, so, you know, social justice mentality gets to the point where now it's just social justice for social. It's just, it's, 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 it's its own, it's, it's, it's cultic. It's, 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 or it's cult-like. I, it's, it blows my mind sometimes. But I digress. I will, uh, I'll leave it right there for now because I, 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 I'm amazed at the path we're going down in this country right now. And the, the idea of common sense and some of the things that you know, I've, I've seen, there's some kids on, uh, you know, some shorts and TikTok and everything else they're doing. I guess they're coming out and saying, I can't do nine to five, can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not cut out for that. Well, you know, welcome to reality, folks. Um, you're going to find that, you know, you either work or you, you know, or you take some kind of chances to go out and do something else. Hope you got something to fall back on. But uh, that's the way it works. Folks, I will probably have a show tomorrow morning. It's going to be really early if I can get up and get it, get it done. But in the meantime, pray for our nation. Pray for each other. Thank you, folks, for listening. God bless. Have a great evening.